It is a new year. Um, I, you know, you, you have the calendar, and I've got like three calendars that I keep and that I coordinate. And yet every year it seems like the first of the year just kind of sneaks up on me. I don't know. All of a sudden, boom, you open up your eyes, and it's here. 2022. Yeah. I, you know, I remember um, back in my younger days even thinking of the year 2020, thinking, whoa, that is a long ways away, and yet 2022. And is this not true? Um, doesn't it not bring about in you a sense of reflection? Do you pause at this time of the year and, and think about the past? I know that sometimes whether it's businesses or organizations that we're a part of, whether they're looking at, at goals or things that they hope to accomplish, often bottom lines and stuff, they look back at the year and they evaluate it. And then because of that evaluation, then they make different projections and, and thoughts about the coming year. So there's a, a business approach to it, but I, I think that we do that with our lives too. I, I know that that's true of me, and maybe that's because I'm such a, a list checker sometimes. But I get to this time of the year, and I stop and I look back. And, and I think about the, the list that still is unchecked. And I'm like, oh, man. I think about that project that's unfinished, uncompleted, with a tinge of remorse and regretfulness somewhat. Well, I don't know if that's true for you. I know it's true for me. But I also this is, hope that this is true. This is something that I'm working on more and more. And that is to, to look at what was in celebration and with joy. It, it, it totally, I, I love the celebrating God's faithfulness. Because God is so good. And so to think about all of the things that he put into your life in the past year that were awesome, incredible, and good. Things that were current and ongoing and things that were totally new. Have you done that? Hey, have you paused and you thought about all of God's goodness poured into your life over the past year. It's amazing. You know, I, I stopped and thought about that. I thought about the capability that he's given to me to enjoy his creation. I love to hunt. I love to be outside. That, that, that's what our, our vacations were all about this year, just being out and hiking, walking around, seeing God's stunning beauty. And you can see it in McBain and Cadillac, and you can see it in the Grand Canyon everywhere. God ha has created the world in a fascinating way with sheer beauty. I'm even starting to appreciate snow. You don't know how much that says from my heart. But God is so good. And he blessed me with the health and the capability to get out there and see it and, and to be in awe of it all. so many other things I thought about time with with friends and I thought about friends good friends friends that I hung out with spent time with played cards with and just chatted with I thought about the blessing that they that they are in my life 
What a, what a wonderful thing to have good friends that you can celebrate things with, that you can trust. And they're just good for your soul at times, right? I thought about family members, about the people that I love and the people that love me that I call family. And of course, the last few years, that's meant for Betty and I, grandkids. I thought about how cool it was to watch them run around. And then, not just grandkids, but I thought about my children. Especially over the last few weeks, getting together with them and seeing my, my children be parents. Just amazing to me. So awesome, so cool to see my little kids being responsible and awesome moms and dads. It was profound. Really made me think. And then to ponder and think about the blessings that he brings and in all of those things out of his goodness and grace to think about God moments and God things. And it doesn't take too long for me going down that road to just be incredibly humbled, to, to realize what little I have to bring that God takes and does incredible things with. It, it always stuns me to see how he works in hearts and lives through a shared word, an action, a deed, and the blessings that he brings that changes lives and changes his kingdom. And I thought about that. And whenever I go there, then I start to shift the focus to what will be. All of the good things, all of the blessings, all of the way that God has poured out new things, and then what will that mean for this coming year? for 2022 what do you think and I ask you if you've thought about the good things that God has poured into your life I, I hope that you do I hope that you take time and you praise him for it but but then you you, you look and say out of God's goodness what's going to happen this coming year what do I believe in? What am I hoping for? What am I seeing? Because, because when we focus on the goodness of God, that brings hope and enthusiasm. So what is it that's going to be new with you when, when, we're, when we're here at this point next year and at the end of 2022, on the brink of 2023? I know I can hardly think about it, but what are you going to look back and praise Him for? What is it going to be? How do you perceive, how do you hope, how do you desire that he's going to pour that goodness out into your heart and into your life? And what right now do you have as a nagging thought or doubt? But what a great way to introduce the text. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 to 21. I want to invite you to read it with me because it speaks about the presence and the power of God. That if we know God, we know this, he makes all things new. Hear the word and the truth, the promise of the great Lord your God. Second Corinthians 
5, 16 to 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is his word, might it be written on our hearts, lived in our lives. You know, there's a lot in here and um, a lot of things to consider and think about in terms of, of newness and what can and will be. And, and it starts right out that way. I, I want you to think about that, that first verse, verse 16. From now on, regard no one from a worldly point of view. You know, we once regarded Christ that way, but no longer. Think about regarding people not from a worldly point of view. What would that look like? What would that mean? You know, there's a lot of things that fight against that. Because when we see people, we tend to see them in, in a worldly way. Especially initially. First impressions. And so as you meet new people, you're looking at people, you're, you're kind of looking them up and down, you're, you're thinking about their appearance, maybe some things that they do right out of the chute. Study from psychologists say that you have an initial impression, an initial impression already formed within seven seconds. Think about that. Seven seconds. You have already formed thoughts in your mind, concrete thoughts about who that person is before they've even said a word to you maybe. As you've seen them walk across somewhere, you're, you're looking, you're analyzing, all of that. The brain is an incredible thing. Seven seconds. And then within 30 seconds, you've already formed a very concrete opinion of that person in terms of whether they're worth your time or not. 30 seconds. And, and almost all of that, I would submit to you, is from a worldly point of view. And so this is a really great thing to think about, and yet hard to overcome. You have those initial impressions, but, but then there's that idea and thought that if I, if I can take the time to get to know them, maybe how would I see them? Who, who would I think that they are? And that's hard too, right? One of the things that's so true about all of us is we're incredibly busy. And so rather than those initial impressions and stuff, and then either writing somebody off, but to, to stop and think about who they are, 
how God sees them, and then to take the time to, to get to know them and try to see them with the eyes of God. That's something that would be great for us to consider as a new thing. I'm not so sure that, that many of us do that or do that at all. That we try to see people not from a worldly point of view, but from a God's point of view, and we take the time to do that. I don't know, maybe that'd be new for you. And it says no one, and I want you to think about that too. And as you think about the the truth of the text and being reconciled with Christ, there's those two two realities for people. Either they know Christ and they've been revealed grace, they've been reconciled to Christ or not. So what would it look like for you as a new thing to look at people not from a worldly point of view but from God's point of view with his eyes to people who do not know Jesus? Think about that for a few minutes. What would that mean? What would that look like? So, so maybe people that you already know, that you bump in, that you go to school with or you work with, or that are in your family or kind of like a casual friend. And they're just hard people. To, to, to deal with and or you have a, a really good idea that maybe just maybe because of who they're being they don't know Jesus Christ what would it mean for you to see them with the eyes of God and in need of God's love and grace how would you respond to them what would be different if you weren't looking at them from a worldly point of view but from the way God sees them What would change about how you respond, how you engage, how you experience? What would your expectations be? I think that's one of the problems sometimes that that people in Christ have of people who don't know Jesus. They expect way too much. They, They think that they ought to be like me or like people who are saved by grace. And that's the, that's the yardstick, that's the measurement. That can't even be because they don't know Jesus. That's not an excuse for bad behavior. I'm not talking about morally in a, in a world sense, but in a spiritual sense, those things that you have come to, to know and have be a part of you simply because of the presence of Jesus. There's a lot to think about when we look at people who are not reconciled with Jesus, plain and simple. And and we're called to to look at them in a different way, not to regard them in a worldly way, but in a Christ-like way, in a godly way. And then there's those, of course, who do know Jesus Christ. And sometimes I think about in this respect, when I think about the church, when I think about knowing Jesus, when you think about what that means and the empowerment and the equipping that's there, maybe, just maybe, like when we expect too much out of people who don't know Jesus, maybe we expect too little out of those who do. And we'll get things from a worldly point of view of letting things slide and be okay. And we don't expect much in the area of 
spirituality, of godliness, of righteousness. Out of others and out of ourselves. Because that's kind of the worldly way to look at things, right? All of the non-judgment, all of the whatever. And yet in Jesus Christ, we're called to be. To be set apart, to be different, to be holy, to be God-honoring. What would it mean and what would it look like for us together as a body of Jesus Christ in terms of accountability and being to look at each other from the eyes of God? There's a lot to think about. Could that be a new part of how we function and who we be? Regard no one from a worldly point of view. And it says we once regarded Christ this way, but do so no longer. And I thought about that. You know, there was an initial meeting of Jesus with these followers of Christ, with apostles, with the fishermen. Paul met Jesus in terms of, of, of spiritually and, and thinking about who he was. And certainly um, the, the Pharisees and, and religious leaders of the day did the same thing too. And they looked at him and they thought, this is not Christ material. This is not Messiah material. That's why they rejected him. He didn't fit the description who they thought the Messiah should be. Apostles met him, maybe wondered. We're looking him over. Seemed common and average enough. Not so sure. It took a while for them to really get to know and to see who Jesus really was. And then their lives were changed forever. So, so even with Jesus... There was this this looking at through the lens of the world, but then that changed. And it became a new thing for them to see even Jesus with the eyes of God. I think what a beautiful thing it would be if that's how we functioned, if that's who we were. If we could get past first impressions, we could get to know people, and we could always then be seeing people with the eyes of Jesus in need of grace and need of truth. And to do it in a way that celebrates um, what is and what indeed can be. Because Jesus makes everything new. I love verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. What a, what a beautiful truth. What a beautiful truth to celebrate in my own life. What a beautiful truth to celebrate in a lost and hurting world so loved by God. And that's, that's what seeing with the eyes of Jesus brings. It brings an understanding of that truth and what is and recognizing that it is the greatest news ever. 
you know, call it the, the good news of Jesus, I'd submit to you it is the great news of Jesus. It is the greatest news that God, out of his great love, sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins and to make us right with him. That ministry of reconciliation, that's what it's talking about, righteousness, being right with God. And that he does that in a way that is a forever way. Not just temporarily, not just momentarily, but eternally. He makes all things new. That's pretty profound to to think about, to recognize, to grasp. Everything new in terms of essence of being. That indwellment of coming in to live into your heart and your life, changing things forever, and having the power and the capability to bring change. Have you ever thought of someone there is no way they're ever going to change? Maybe a family member, maybe a friend. It's just a, a hopeless situation. Jesus says, no. I can make all things new. Have you thought about in your own heart and in your own life, there's things about you that are never going to change? That you always have this problem, you always have this issue, you always fall to this temptation, whatever it might be. No. Jesus can make all things new. That's the God he is. That's the promise that he brings. The old is gone. The new has come. The presence of Jesus Christ. It's a forever new. I ask you to think about that. What does that mean? What does that look like? What could it mean? What could it look like in your heart and in your life in this coming year? What are the things that you could open up your heart and your life to? What are the things that could be made new, changed, transformed, simply because you decide it's time to to give up control? And let God go. That's the saying, let go, let God go in your heart and in your life. It's profound to think about the reality of becoming who we already are. The capability is there if Jesus is there. And if not, it can be just simply opening up your heart to his grace for the first time. And simply recognizing the presence of Jesus Christ. And recognizing it's God's goodness and his grace. And knowing that all of the things that he desires us to be can be. No matter what dreams you have about who it is that you desire to be, what it is you desire to have in your heart, whatever it might be, it can because of him. Profound to think about. And that is the message of Jesus Christ. The ministry and the message, knowing grace and being right with God. There's nothing 
that he would withhold from us in terms of who it is that he created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be. And that is a ministry and a message. You get into that in verses 18 and 19 of reconciliation. And again, that's a long word. It's just being right with God. That's what we're called to as followers of Jesus in a lost and hurting world. And so I want you to think about that, the possibility of newness there as a challenge. And it comes out in verses 20 and 21, that imploring being God's ambassadors. That we'd be um, about making, sharing Jesus be new for us. And, and, and just think about that for just a few moments. So, so much here in this passage, um, recognizing he makes all things new, he can make all things new. What does that look like in our lives? But then what does it mean if we have a, a ministry of reconciliation and that's our message to a lost and a hurting world? And by the way, it, it is the only message that's going to change our world too. I hope you pray for it. I hope you seek it. I hope you ask God. There's a lot of things that we can pray for in the world and we can ask for him to, to change. And one of the things that I, I, I've been praying about, and I'm sure you have too, is the end of the pandemic. Just put it in the past. Be done with it, God. Rid the world of it. And yet I realize that there's a greater pandemic and has spiritual decay and illness. And I hope I pray as much for that as I do for the other. Because it's the presence of Jesus that's going to change things in hearts and in lives and in the world in which we live in. And that's the message that I'm committed to. That's the message that he gives to the body of Jesus, to every follower. And and I want you to think about that. What would it look like? And because it's an idea and understanding that, that you can do a lot of good things, right? But you need to connect them to Jesus to his grace, as purpose, as reason. So the verbal sharing is important. And so is the being. There's nothing that will make people wonder about Jesus Christ than seeing somebody who's living a changed life, than seeing somebody who is being salt and light in a profound way. It will raise questions. It will stir their heart and thoughts. It will create um, a new hope where it's been dead. That's what the message of Jesus does. And you are it. We are it. The means of grace that God has used to change the world. His presence alive in you and in me. Think about that. Chosen instruments of grace to be. How's that going? How can we do that in new and fresh ways in the coming year? How can we proclaim the message of Jesus Christ with our mouths and with our deeds? We're just simply being. What would that look like? So many things to think about. And so many things as they unfold that bring rich and profound blessings. You know, as a body of Christ, as a church, we face some challenges. 
I, I am so thrilled, so filled with faith over what it is that I know that God will do simply because he is a loving and a great God. I'm so looking forward to the blessings that he's going to pour out in your hearts, in your lives, and in ours together. He makes all things new. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for what is and what will be. You are a good and an amazing God. Lord, I ask that as we've gathered here today, that you will have spoken to each one of us in a very personal way about a new way of looking at different people. Had a new way, oh God, of letting you come alive in our hearts and in our lives, of surrendering things that are old and, Lord, that you're tired of, quite frankly, about who we be. Lord, that we'd lay those things aside and we'd step forward in faith and in the fullness of you, your grace, your holiness, as salt and light. And that, Lord, we'd be committed, may, maybe have a renewed zeal and zest for being, for sharing Jesus with our mouths and with our lives. Because, Lord, we recognize that the only thing that will change this world and change it in a way that is positive and change it in a way that is a forever change, that is good and right and holy with you, is Jesus. So might it be in us bring renewal newness make all things new in a profound and a wonderful way that brings you glory and honor